Well, we are so grateful for our essential workers. We want to just give it up for all the folks in our church and around our city just doing some amazing work. Uh, feel free to comment on Facebook and just let the folks know how much you love them and how grateful you are for the great work that they have done throughout this pandemic. Uh, for those of you who are joining, welcome. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor of New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens. And if this is your first time with us, we are thrilled that you've uh, gathered with us to worship and hear God's word proclaimed today. Now, before I get into uh, my message today, I wanted to reiterate something I said last week about the phase two reopening plans we have at New Life. On June 22nd, phase two opened up, uh, which means that for houses of worship in New York City and New York State, that people can begin to gather at 25% capacity. And so the new information that I shared last week is that on July 19th, just in two weeks, uh, we will begin to gather in person, but we're going to do it in a very limited and slow way. The way I'm thinking about this is that this is going to be a summer beta test, the way that we are going to figure out best practices to help us uh, figure out what's the best way to have church in the fall. And so a few things that we've mentioned that I want to just remind you of, we're going to start July 19th. We're going to have one worship service at 1030, uh, limited to 25% capacity. We will also have our live stream going at 10. 30 as well. Uh, social distancing will be maintained. Masks are required inside the building. And of course, we will clean, uh, disinfect before, during, and after the service. And if you can't join us, uh, feel free to join us on the live stream. Again, we're going to do this in a very slow way and do this for about six weeks. And then we're going to step back and assess the best practices and how we're doing and figure out how we're going to move forward in the fall. And so if you have any questions, feel free to let us know. No, this will be by invite only, and we're going to work out all the details. We've already shared some things online, so we'll share it again. So just pay attention to the various plans that we have in store. Now, as we look at our text today, I wanted to offer a reflection on freedom. And I wanted to preach on this theme called a deeper kind of freedom out of Luke chapter 4. And it's really the first message that Jesus preaches. And I think it's a message that's appropriate for our time. And after I preach about this message on freedom, we'll share communion together. In Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 16, this is what the word of God says. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And this is after Jesus had been in the wilderness. And he goes into the synagogue. And he offers these words of freedom and liberation to the world around him. And I want to offer some very brief reflections on this particular message that Jesus offers. And so let's pray and let's open ourselves up to the freedom that God has for us today. Lord, we pray that through your Holy Spirit... The ways that you have offered freedom in Jesus would be ours. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And on this day, may we hold on to the freedom that you offer, Lord. A deep kind of freedom that you present to the world today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The 4th of July in the United States is usually a time for picnics, for fireworks, for joyful times with family and friends. For many in our congregation, however, this national holiday reveals the deep 
ongoing tensions around race, around history, and around freedom. There's a lot of talk about freedom these days. And whether the talk is about the ongoing struggle for freedom for black women and men in this country, or whether the issue is about freedom pertaining to whether someone should wear a mask or, a not, or not, there's a lot of talk about freedom. Now, in the United States, when freedom is talked about, it's often the case that freedom is seen from a particular perspective. It's often freedom is about being free from something as opposed to be free for something. What I want to do today is focus on the freedom that comes in God and a freedom that's offered for the world. Because Christ offers a different kind of freedom, not a cliche kind of freedom. Not a flimsy kind of freedom, nor am I talking about a freedom that is established by civil religion. The freedom that God longs for us is threefold. And I'm going to talk about the threefold freedom that God has in store for us. And the threefold freedom looks like this, and we see it in Jesus' text and in his sermon. It's a spiritual freedom, an interior freedom, and a social freedom. And I want to talk about those three kinds of freedoms that God offers us. A spiritual freedom, an interior freedom and a social freedom. It was Basil Pennington, the great contemplative author, who said these words. He said, the critical issue on the journey with God is not, am I happy, but am I free? Am I growing in the freedom God gave me? And so I want to focus on these three kinds of freedom. A freedom that comes from above, a freedom that's experienced from within, and a freedom that's offered to the world. And as we contemplate Independence Day, may we look deeper into the freedom that God gives. Jesus' life is marked by great freedom, and he longs for the world to be free as well. Now, I read Luke chapter 4, where Jesus begins his ministry and preaches, and I'm going to return to that in a moment. But to really understand the freedom that God offers, you have to hold together chapter 3 and chapter 4. And that's what I want to do. I want to hold together those three, those two chapters because there's three different encounters through which freedom is presented. The first kind of freedom is the spiritual freedom or freedom from above. In Luke chapter 3, we have the story of the baptism of Jesus. Jesus gets baptized and when he comes out of the water, the father's voice is spoken. This is my son whom I love. In him, I am well pleased. Before Jesus does anything, a freeing, liberating word from the Father is spoken over him. And I love that that word of affirmation came at the beginning of Jesus' ministry and not at the end of Jesus' ministry. I love that before Jesus multiplied bread and fish, before he opened blind eyes, before he opened up deaf ears, before he raised the dead, the Father said, you are my son. And whom I'm well pleased. The world doesn't operate that way. The world says, show me what you can do and then we will affirm you. Show me what you've accomplished and then we'll speak blessing over you. Show us what you can produce and then we'll speak nice words over you. But God the Father speaks a word of affirmation and celebration and love over his son before he accomplishes anything. And because God in Christ receives a word from the Father, there is a spiritual spaciousness, a freedom that he lives in the world. And here's a question for us on this 4th of July weekend. Are you living in that kind of freedom? 
The freedom that comes as from a word of affirmation from the Father. And here is the truth about our spiritual freedom. The level of our spiritual freedom in the world is contingent upon whether we truly accept and receive the word of affirmation from the Father. And so all of our lives as the followers of Christ is to position ourselves to hear the word spoken by God. You are my son. You are my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. You can't earn the love of God. You can't work for it. It is a gift that's given to you. And Jesus lives in the world with great freedom because he's received the affirming word of the Father. It's it's the case for many of us that we don't live freely in this way. Because we're trying to get from people what only God can give. We're looking for words of affirmation from people that will never satisfy the longings of our soul. But Jesus, in the very beginning in Luke chapter 3, when he comes out of the water, he shows us how it's possible to live free lives. It's possible when you receive the affirmation, the freeing word from the Father. The question is, are you listening? Every single day, God speaks that word over us. The question is, are you hearing it? Every single day, God says, you are my son, you are my daughter. But are you receiving it on this day? The spiritual freedom that Jesus offers is a freedom that comes from above. But note, I want you to see that that's not the only freedom that Jesus has to embrace and what Jesus offers to us as well. The second kind of freedom that we see is a freedom from within. The next scene shifts to the wilderness. Jesus, in the first scene, gets baptized. He comes out of the water. And then it says the Holy Spirit uh, drives him into the wilderness, drives him into the desert. And I want you to see the contrast. In the baptism, the Father speaks over him. In the desert, the devil speaks to him. And when you look at Jesus in the desert, he's tested. Part of the testing and temptation in the desert was about the kind of Messiah that Jesus would be. The desert is the place where we are sifted. Our motives are tested. It's the place of internal clarity. It was Henry Nouwen who said that when Jesus gets tested in the wilderness, he's being tempted to do three things. The devil says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. That is the temptation to be relevant The second temptation is to uh, the temptation to be uh, spectacular. If, If you are the son of God, jump from the top of this temple and jump down and angels will catch, it will carry you and catch you. It's the temptation to be spectacular. And then the third temptation that the devil offers him is to bow down at him and then he'll give him all the kings of the world. It was the temptation to be powerful. And Jesus resists the temptation to be relevant. Resist the temptation to be spectacular and resist the temptation to be powerful in a worldly way. It's that place of sifting. The places of our motives being tested. And it's often the case that we are not living free being the particular person God has called you to be. You see, the devil was saying, Jesus, if you are the son of God, do it this way. And Jesus said, no, 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 I am clear in my internal clarity who God has called me to be, the journey I'm called to go in. And the question is, are you that free as well? Internally, are you that free? Are you living in the freedom of who God has called you to be? 
and doing what God has called you to do. I often think about the definition of success uh, that Pastor Pete Scazzaro has presented to us, and, and I've meditated on it, that success is doing God's will in God's way and in God's timing. And I think that's what Jesus is doing here. And to the degree that we are doing God's will in God's way and in God's timing is the degree to which we are free. And so why do you do what you do? Why do you say what you say? If we don't directly wrestle with the internal conflicts inside of us, we're not truly free. And so hear this. The scene begins in the baptismal waters. The word of the Father is spoken over him. The scene shifts to the wilderness and the desert where the word of the devil is spoken to him. And then the scene shifts, lastly, to Luke chapter 4, where we see Jesus' word to the world. We are to receive freedom from above, freedom from within, so that we can offer freedom to the world. And this is what Jesus does here. He offers a freedom for others. I love that when Jesus comes out of the desert, he comes out with an anointing, a word of freedom to set the captives free. And I want you to make a connection and see the connection here. When you live in the love of the Father and you resist the lies of the devil, you are in position to offer a liberating word to the people. That's what we see in Luke 3 and Luke 4. When you live in the love of the Father and resist the lies of the devil, you are in position to offer a liberating word to the people. Jesus comes out of the desert and says, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And we see the freedom that the world longs for. The freedom the world longs for is not one that's secured by the Constitution. The freedom the world longs for is not found in our ability to choose what we want. The freedom the world truly longs for is found in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I want to very briefly dissect these very words Jesus offers. First thing he says is to proclaim good news, to proclaim the gospel to the poor. Now you have to know that the first time Jesus proclaims the gospel, he connects the gospel to the very real reality of what people experienced. The gospel is not primarily the message that when you die, you go to heaven. That is part of the gospel, but that is not the primary part of the gospel. The gospel is the message that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is King. And in him, those who are poor and those who are poor in spirit can be raised up. For Jesus, the poor were those who were economically poor, socially poor, and of course, spiritually poor. And when Jesus started his ministry, he went to those society had overlooked. Jesus didn't go to the gentrified areas of New York City. He didn't go to the places of power. He didn't go to the political elite. 
When Jesus started his ministry, Jesus went to the slums. He went to the projects. He went to Elmhurst Hospital. He went to the Filipino favelas. He went to the drug-infested parts of the city. And Jesus pronounces good news for the poor. Now, historically, one of the reasons why our church was planted in Elmhurst Corona in the 90s was because we were committed and remained so to serving and uplifting the poor. And so Jesus says the gospel, the Holy Spirit is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. The next thing Jesus says is I came to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Freedom for the prisoners. Now, when I read that verse and read about Jesus' ministry, I see what he had in mind. Because Jesus came to set free those who were imprisoned to Satan, to those afflicted by evil powers. Jesus came to set the prisoners free. And when I also read that verse, I read about Jesus' ministry, I see that Jesus came to free those not just from Satan, but to free those imprisoned by a political system of domination. Over and over again, Jesus would tell his disciples that the way the world understood power was not to be the way that his disciples exercised power. That they were to exercise a power through service, exercise power through hospitality, exercise power through love. That to be free is to live free from the compulsion to see others as less than you, to see others as enemies. To see others as inferior. This is why at New Life we talk about, about racism. This is why we talk about serving the community. This is why we talk about uplifting the poor and serving about, with hospitality. Because too many people are in prison to a worldly system. And while I'm at it, when I hear about Jesus proclaiming freedom for the prisoners, I can't help but to think about the problem of mass incarceration in this country. We celebrate the freedom of 4th of July, that it signifies. But we must recognize on this weekend that not everyone is free in the same way. That not everyone experiences justice under the law in the same way. That not everyone experiences the same level of equality in the same way. But when the kingdom of God comes, Jesus, his kingdom comes to let everyone know that justice is for everyone. And that we are all to treat each other in the same way. Jesus continues. Then he says, I have come for the recovery of sight for the blind. Listen to Jesus' freedom message. When Jesus says the gospel is for the blind, I believe he's talking about the physically blind, the spiritually blind, and the religiously blind. Those who are experiencing physical ailments, Jesus says, my power is for you. This is why we believe in healing. This is why we believe in the ways that the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit can interrupt anyone's situation at any given moment. Jesus came and exercised power over the evil one by giving people who could not see sight. When Jesus said, my word and my gospel is for the recovery of sight for the blind, he's talking about those who are physically blind. But not just physically blind, spiritually blind. Those blinded by Satan. And we live in a world in which there's a lot of people spiritually blind. And we are called to receive and offer to the world the freedom that Jesus offers in his name. 
But he also talks about the religiously blind as well. Those blinded by their own righteousness. And Jesus comes to set the captives free. To set those who cannot see and, and help them to see in the way that only God can give sight. Jesus came to give the world sight. And to the degree that we recognize our blindness, to the degree that we recognize that we are prisoners, to the degree that we recognize we are in bondage is the degree to which we will experience the freedom that God offers. There's a quote that's popularly attributed to Harriet Tubman. And I found out they said it wasn't her. <laughs> but I'm going to quote it anyway. <laughs> it is said of Harriet Tubman that she said, In my lifetime I have freed thousands of slaves. And I would have freed thousands more if they only knew they were slaves. And when people interpret that verse and that quote, it's often the case that those who didn't know they were slaves were slaves who didn't know it. And while that may be true, my interpretation of that also includes the slave owners. If they only knew they were slaves, slaves to a worldly system, they would have experienced the freedom that Harriet Tubman could offer them as well. And to the degree that we recognize no matter how much money you have, no matter how much prestige you have, without God, you are a slave. A slave to sin, a slave to yourself. And only God in Christ can set you free. Lastly, Jesus says he comes to set the oppressed free. On this 4th of July weekend... We don't just settle for a constitutional freedom. We don't just settle for a freedom that's based on my ability to choose and do whatever I want. We want the freedom that comes in the name of Jesus Christ. And he says, I came to set the oppressed free. And when he talks about the oppressed, he's talking about those who are oppressed by society. Oppressed by the religious systems of the day. And oppressed by the many challenges of being socially marginalized. And Jesus has come to set the oppressed free today as well. And so this is Jesus' freedom message. A message that comes from above. A message that's worked out from within. And a message that's offered to the world. And what I love about this freedom is that it reminds us of how free God is. And when you look at your own life, when you look at your own struggles, you cannot help but remember and recall the freedom of God. When I think about the freedom of God, God is absolutely free. But God's freedom is not a freedom from, it's a freedom for. It's not a freedom from us, it's a freedom for us. And when you look at your life and when I look at mine, I am overwhelmed by the goodness and mercy of God because God does not need humanity whatsoever. And yet God refuses to exist without humanity. God is not just free from us. God is free for us. And on this 4th of July weekend, may we receive the love that comes from above. May we receive the freedom that is worked out from within. And maybe offer freedom, the same freedom that Jesus preached about in Luke chapter 4 to the world around us.
When we think about this God being for us, I can't help but think about the Lord's table. Jesus shows us how much God longs to be with us. How for us God truly is. So for us that he would give his life for us. That's the freedom that sets us free. And so we're going to come to the table of communion together. And as you think about your own life, as you think about your areas of brokenness and bondage, may you receive the freedom that comes in the name of Jesus. A deeper kind of freedom. A freedom that's not just for us individually, but for the world around us. I want to invite you just to close your eyes for a moment. Think about your own areas of struggle, your own areas of bondage, the areas of your life where you feel you're a prisoner, prisoner maybe to your own decisions, prisoner to destructive relationships, prisoners in a society that's marked by injustice. And just offer before the Lord just yourself. Also want you to think about the ways that you have not partnered with Jesus in bringing about freedom. And it is here where I want to lead us in a moment of repentance. Let me invite you to close your eyes. And in the presence of God, offer him your own repentance. And then we'll pray a prayer of confession together. Amen. Let's pray this prayer of confession together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and our neighbor through our own fault, in thought, in word, in deed, in what we have done and what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses. And grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. At this moment, wherever you're at, in your home, in your apartment, wherever you're watching this and you have the elements before you, I'm going to read this passage in 1 Corinthians 11, these words of institution, and we'll share it together. The Apostle Paul says these words from the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At this moment, as the people of God forgiven by the mercy of God and the forgiveness and mercy of Jesus Christ. Let's all receive together.
Paul continues. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As the people of God freely forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, let's all receive together. Lord, thank you for your mercy and the freedom that you offer to the world. May we receive the freedom that comes from above. The word spoken by the Father, you are my daughter, you are my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Lord, may that freedom be worked out from within. May we live with an internal clarity of who you've called us to be. Lord, may that freedom be worked out into the world. May we offer words of freedom and liberation wherever you send us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, I want to remind you that there are plenty of opportunities for you to connect. We have our uh, virtual lobby that's available for you right on that Zoom link there on our website or on our Facebook page. If you want to see, see one of our pastors and connect with one of our pastors, feel free to click that link. And we'd love to pray for you as well. If you're feeling, in particularly in this weekend, in bondage, needing to be free, you just need someone to pray for you. We have a prayer team that would love to pray for you in this moment. And I want to extend an invitation for those of you who've never said yes to Jesus Christ. We want to serve you and help you to enter into a relationship with Christ. And one simple way you can do this is by texting yes to Jesus to this phone number you see on the screen. And one of our pastors would be happy to be in contact with you. But if you sense today, you're not free. If you sense today, I am in bondage. That bondage can be to anything, to drugs, to your past, to what's happened, the, the particular uh, anxiety that you have in this moment. Christ wants to set you free and that freedom comes through a relationship with him. And so feel free to text yes to Jesus and we love to serve you on your own spiritual journey. As we close, I want to invite us to open our hands towards heaven to receive a blessing as we always do. With your hands and your hearts, in a posture of receiving brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. May you walk out of this online worship experience in the power of the Holy Spirit, receiving the freedom that comes in Jesus' name. I bless you all today and the strong in the beautiful, in the liberating name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Grace and peace to you all.